You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. Gray, bounce pass inside to Wilson. Wilson's got it. Gets the defender up in the air. And one! A little power move by Asia Wilson. Giving the little flex down low, saying, yeah! 37 for Asia Wilson. It's Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 on Unnecessary Roughness. You hear Ace's play-by-play voice, T.C. Martin, right there on the call. A little and one action for Asia Wilson of the Las Vegas Aces. She's fantastic. It's always great to see her in action. And the Aces now know who their next opponent will be in the Dallas Wings. Let's bring in our next guest, Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. And Paloma, let's start right there with the Aces. Uh, the Aces and the Wings. The Wings gave them a loss earlier this season. Uh, they match up pretty well. They play pretty physical. They're really good at rebounding. What do you see in this upcoming matchup for the, for the Aces in round two of the playoffs? Yeah, it's going to be tough against Dallas. I mean, uh, completely dominated the Atlanta Dream, 101 to 74 in the last game, and uh, this Dallas team is big. I mean, I think I think Kelsey Plum and Asia Wilson said earlier this season that this is the the biggest team they they're going to face in in the WNBA as far as like size and length and physicality. Um, so, you know, the Aces cruised in the first round, in my opinion, uh, completely dominating the Chicago sky. I mean, we watched the first round and said, yep, the Aces are moving on for sure to, to round two, the semifinals. Um, but I'm, I'm super locked in, super excited for Sunday's game. Um, because yeah, the wings are physical. They're talented. They're physical. They're big. Um, Asia Wilson has always said all season long that it's a tough matchup. They're tough to guard. Um, and they're tough to play against. So um, maybe we'll see kind of maybe some closer wins, uh, mm-hmm. closer games than than the first round because, man, the Aces, they just completely dominated the sky, and it was so much fun to watch them at T-Mobile Arena too. Like what a cool experience for fans uh, to go out there for, for the first game. But um, I know Michelob Ultra Arena will be packed. Hopefully it's sold out. I know the players love that energy. Um, and then, of course, you know, the Aces being the number one seed, they have that home field advantage, uh, that home court advantage, I, sh- I should say, of the first two games at Michelob Ultra Arena. So you got Sunday's game at the house. You got Tuesday's game at the house. Um, the Aces versus the Wings, really, really good matchup. And I'm, I'm super excited. I've been watching the Liberty. I've been watching the Wings. And uh, this is a time of year when, when everyone's playing their best ball. So, um, hopefully the Aces can come out on top and get this get this championship. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. And you mentioned the Liberty, and they squeaked one out last night, right? It looked like that they were about mm-hmm. to lose. And uh, then there was a couple turnovers by the Mystics, and boom, here you go, overtime. And the Liberty, they were able to yeah. pull out that victory. Is this not just – is this not lined up for a collision course, the Aces and the Liberty in the finals? You know, we've been saying that all year, right? The two super mm-hmm. teams um, between, you know – the Aces and the Liberty, you got Sabrina Ionescu and, and Stewie and all the talent in New York. And I mean, Q, what I've seen all season is that, man, these two teams don't like each other. I mean, At all. Uh, when it came to <laughs> the Commissioner's Cup, you know, the yep. Commissioner's Cup, um, I was like, man, this, I'm feeling the tension on the court, which mm-hmm. is, you know, it, it adds to the game, it adds to the, the environment, the hype and everything. Um, even the All-Star game, when the All-Star game was here in Vegas, I didn't see Sabrina Ionescu all hugged up. You know, I didn't see her hugging any of the Aces players, you know. Right. Like, I understand it's respect. Like, there's respect for sure. But 
Um, when it comes to the Aces and the Liberty in the finals, I think everyone wants to see that. And I think everyone would go and watch that um, at the McLobal Arena. But, um, you know, if we could see the Aces beat the Liberty in, in the championship round here in Vegas and, you know, put, put up another parade on the strip, I mean, I think that's the cherry on top. But um, like we've seen from, from, you know, the past couple games from the Aces, it's just one game at a time. And and totally just locking in on, on one game and getting ready for Sunday and, and everything. But talk about Asia Wilson. I mean, playing her best ball in the playoffs. Um, you know, she's she's a total cue. I think she's one of the best athletes I think I've ever watched in my entire life. Asia Wilson, there's no one else that compares to her. I mean, for her to put up historic career best stats in the playoffs, it's just incredible to see. And I know she's a two-time MVP, but I mean, I think this woman is going to be one of the greatest, you know, athletes ever to play uh, basketball. So, you know, she's on her way to greatness. And I know LeBron James and a lot of the guys in the NBA, you know, they always shout her out. So um, what a gift that we have her here in our city. Yeah, she's fun to watch. She really is. Again, Paloma Villacana is our guest here for Fox 5 Sports here on Red Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Let's get back to the Aces team. Alicia Clark, she was named Sixth Player of the mm-hmm. Year for the Aces. You know, yeah. they've had Kelsey Plum be the Sixth Player of the Year before. But how big is that that Alicia Clark is really coming on strong as of late, especially with Candace Parker mm-hmm. still being out? Yeah, I mean, Alicia Clark being, brings experience and, and, you know, that veteran presence. Uh, to the team, that championship presence. Um, I believe she's a two-time WNBA champion. So yep. for her to have that that championship experience, that veteran experience on the court, um, you know, this isn't her first rodeo. You know, she comes out there and she immediately shows that presence that, um, you know, she's, she's, she's experienced and she's a vet out there. And when you, you know, throw her the ball, she's going to, she's going to get a bucket for you. So, all season long, she came off the bench and executed. And, and as soon as Becky Hammond would put her in, um, you know, the crowd would, would get loud and, and go wild because, man, she's just hitting three after three after three and, and coming in and, and coming in and executing. Um, so when you talk about Asia Wilson kind of playing every minute of the playoffs, it's like, wow, they have such a, a deeper bench this year. But that also says a lot about Becky Hammond producing – you know, sixth player of the years. I know Derricka Hamby was the sixth player of the year, Kelsey Plum. Mm-hmm. Um, now you have Alicia Clark. So, honestly, it just shows you that, you know, Becky Hammond is, is, is a great coach and, you know, she she can get the greatest out of her players. Um, you know, we've all seen the starting five. You know, we've all seen their stats go up this season. But for Alicia Clark to come in for her first year with the Aces and win sixth player of the year, um, you know, that's huge. That just shows you – shows you know a lot of women out there that you 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 go to the aces and you will you'll get greatness out of yourself yeah so it's a great free agency uh you know kind of a a way to wave the flag like hey by the way we got some good things coming on over here why don't you Mm -hmm. go ahead and uh, sign on with us in free agency that's Mm -hmm. that's a really good uh tool to have on your tool belt how about the the the, as far as the games go how about the rebounding Mm -hmm. right i mean it seems like a lot of these teams they try to get real physical with the aces and try Mm -hmm. to out rebound them and that's kind of when they get in trouble how big is it going to be and how important is it for them to not lose the the rebound battle yeah and I feel like Asia Wilson always mentions that and Kelsey Plum and everyone is 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 always a focus for sure that's always a focus and you know every press conference and every every post press conference it's always about taking care of the defense side of the ball making sure they lock in defensively 
especially when they go up against this Dallas team that's physical, aggressive. Um, you know, they got to lock in on, on the defensive side of the ball because we have seen the games that the Aces have lost. They kind of just let up on defense a little bit in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter, and they kind of start cruising in the fourth quarter. And, you know, first they're down by 10, then they're down by 15. It's like, man, they're trying to climb back um, um, and, and get ahead. But rebounding will for sure be, be a focus. But where I've seen the Aces, and, and just their few losses this season, I think like six losses total this season, um, it's just where they slip up defensively. And, and, and more so in the fourth quarter, I think Becky Hammond wants to see them play play defense all four quarters. And, um, you know, it's hard when you're ahead, when the Aces are ahead by like 20, 30 <laughs> right. points. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just like, all right, we got this dub. Like, let's just, you know, wrap this up, you know. But, uh, um, you know, every team is so talented and, and every every team has – have great players so that'll definitely be a focus for the aces just locking in on defense all four quarters but cue the aces make it look so easy you know chelsea <laughs> yeah. gray asia wilson kelsey plum like they're just rolling out there um but when it comes to this next round man i, I feel like the dallas wings are, are gonna bring it so yeah no they will to see this this playoff action yeah, it's going to be fun. You know, it all gets uh, started underway on Sunday for the Aces and the Wings. We're definitely looking forward to that and hopefully the continued success for the LV Aces. Again, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports, is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Want to flip over and talk a little UNLV. They picked up a big victory yeah. over Vanderbilt. Very entertaining game on uh, Saturday at Allegiant <laughs> Stadium. How yeah. big was that for Coach Odom and, and the Rebels to get that victory, especially the way that they did? Well, Vanderbilt made a lot of mistakes. And, and so did UNLV. So it necessarily, it was a great college football game, but man, every time I looked down, you know, UNLV turned the ball over or Vanderbilt turned the ball over. So it was just kind of a, a messy game from the start. But um, uh, one thing I have to say about these UNLV Rebels is, man, they are fighting this season. And they are so locked in on Barry Odom. Um, all the players I talk to only rave about him, say they want to go win for him, how badly... Um, you know, they want to win a championship for, for Barry Odom. He's such a good coach. He has such a great coaching staff in that building in Q. You know, I'm in there every single day, and it's just, it's just a blessing to be in there. There's a lot of great coaches in there, a lot of great players in there, um, and there's just a good vibe, a really good vibe around UNLV football. All these kids are locked in and hungry to win. Um, so when you have Jaden Mayava um, redshirt freshman quarterback come in for Doug Brumfield and balled out, definitely balled out. And, and really his, really his first game at UNLV, you know, he, he came in in Michigan, came in, uh, in their first game against, against Brian, but he played a full three quarters, um, against an SEC team. So, um, sure. There were a lot of mistakes on both sides of the ball for UNLV. And, and I know they'll, they'll clean those up and, you know, they'll come out stronger this weekend in El Paso, but, Definitely a statement win for for Barry Odom and his program to be down seventeen to zero and then come out on top of forty to thirty seven. It was just impressive. I was just like, wow, I'm blown away by what I'm seeing. Um, and you know, they were out Doug Brumfield and they were out one of their best linebackers, Jackson Woodard. So for this team to fight back, um, and you know, cute. That's what I saw at Michigan too. You know, I saw at Michigan that they were man, they were playing hard for sixty minutes and they weren't letting up defensively or offensively you know they were they were bringing it on both sides of the ball in Michigan so um I knew this team was going to come out a better team after that Michigan loss 
too. You know, you go up against the number two team in the country. You're facing the number two defense in the country. You know, you're facing one of the best quarterbacks in the country. You know, there's only you can only come out of that game stronger and better. So um, that's what I saw from UNLV. Defense played lights out. Offense was rolling. Um, they had a young quarterback in there who, who put on a show all three quarters. Um, and they came out on top. So I'm looking for another big performance from the Rebels this Saturday on the road in UTEP. What is the latest and the greatest when it comes to Doug Rumfield? Where is he at with that injury that he suffered? Yeah, so he took a, a couple big hits to his ribs um, in the, the game against Vanderbilt in the first quarter. Um, I heard on the broadcast that he was throwing up on the sidelines. Um, the good thing is is that he doesn't have a concussion. So that's yeah. great. A concussion you know, Q, that kid has had a lot of concussions at UNLV, mm-hmm. at least two concussions um, since I've been here for the past three years. So I'm glad he didn't suffer a concussion because, you know, at, at what point does Doug Brumfield, you know, continue to get injured and continue to get hit? And, you know, at what point in your career, how many concussions do you suffer where you're like, you know, this this might be it? So I'm happy that he's on his way to getting better. Um, he was limited in practice this week. Um, they're just being careful with him. Um, you know, want to make sure that he's 100% ready to go. If he is, um, then he will be the starting quarterback on Saturday. So if he's fully cleared to go from his um, ribs and hip injury, then then he'll be the starter on Saturday. If Doug is not cleared, they got a great backup quarterback, redshirt freshman quarterback from Liberty High School, Jada Mayava, um, who who really helped UNLV, you know, come out on top in that game. Um, a couple big throws from, from Jaden Maiava. He was really flexing his arm. Um, and he's tall, too, man. I think he's like 6'5", <laughs> young kid, freshman. Um, but that's the one thing I notice about Barry Odom's roster. He has a lot of freshmen that are making big plays. So that's really exciting uh, to see the future of UNLV football. You know, you have a young quarterback. You have a young running back. Um, there's a couple other young guys that have really impressed me this season. So, I'm sure you have your transfers from Arkansas and you have a, a, a transfer from LSU and you have different transfers. But, you know, when you think about the future of your team, he wants to recruit here in Vegas. He wants to grab all the talent at Bishop Gorman, Liberty High School. Um, you know, all the elite football talent that we have here in the 702, that's Barry Odom's goal is to get all these guys here in Vegas and really build this program up. Yeah, and he's he's doing a really good job, right? So far, so good for what Coach Odom has done in the short time that he's been there at UNLV. Well, Paloma, we'll close out with this. Uh, Ricky White, he had a big day on Saturday, uh, 12 catches, 165 yards. He was targeted like 17 or 18 times, so obviously he was the go-to guy. How special can this young man be? Oh, yeah. I mean, Ricky White, I, I see him at practice every day, and he's he's balling out every day, but – um. Honestly, it's kind of their depth in their receiver room. They've got a couple of receivers that are, are really, really talented. Jacob De Jesus, Ricky White, Seneca McKee. Um, but Ricky White, he he's incredible. He's really incredible. Michigan State transfer. Um, very young, too. I, I think he's only a sophomore or junior. He's super young. Got a lot of talent ahead of him. Um, but him and Doug Brumfield, they were clicking all summer long. So, um, for him to come out and execute with the backup, Jaden Mayava, for him to, you know, roll with Jaden Mayava, that showed me that, you know, you could put anyone at quarterback and Ricky White is going gonna, is gonna to go win a game for you. So um, definitely put the Rebels in position to win on Saturday night um, with that big touchdown grab or that big grab he had from Jaden Mayava in the fourth quarter. 
Um, but yeah, Ricky White is an X factor for this team, but it's also their depth in their receiver room too. And, um, you know, I'm sure Barry Odom is going to continue to develop the depth on this roster and, and continue to go get guys like Ricky White. Um, but he, he had a great game and I've seen that all summer long from him. So to see it in live action, um, it's still really early in the season. So, you know, excited for the future, um, of what Ricky White can do, Jacob De Jesus. Um, a lot of talented receivers in this this go-go offense that's explosive <laughs> and exciting to watch. No doubt, no doubt. Well, great stuff. Looking forward to this game against UTEP for the Rebels. Uh, what about the Reb Zone? What can you tell us about the Reb Zone that's going to be featured? Yeah, yeah, super excited. Every week is, is a great show with Barry Odom. He really breaks down every position, um, you know, every big play in the game. He really breaks down what he sees, and he's really smart, a smart defensive mind. Um, but I'm learning a lot from Barry Odom this season, too. He really breaks down every position, every detail of what happened, what should be corrected, what they're going to fix, um, and get ready for their next game. But also two Mountain West honors for UNLV football this week, freshman of the freshman of the week, uh, Jada Mayava and special teams player of the week. Their kicker, um, Jose Pisano, is one of the best kickers in the country. So mm-hmm. really cute, only great things to report on with UNLV football, but super excited to sit down with their kicker this week, get to know his story um, and how he's one of the best kickers in the nation right now. Um, and Jacob De Jesus, their receiver on special teams. So a lot of bright spots to highlight on this UNLV football team. So super excited to have Barry Odom on every Sunday at 10.30. There you go. We'll, we'll definitely be paying attention. We'll be locked in on what UNLV's got going on on Saturday, the Aces yeah. on Sunday, of course the Raiders. Mm-hmm. You know what, Paloma, let me ask you before we let you go. Um, there, <laughs> and I'm sorry, and thank you so much for your time. But um, uh-huh. Mick, Mick Akers put out a piece on Sandra Douglas Morgan that was really good yesterday, uh-huh. and I had him on earlier talking about it. Um, you, you've, you've had an opportunity to sit down and talk with her, and one of the things I said mm-hmm. after we talked to Mick was that I always could appreciate whenever she's out and about around town, you know, young girls go mm-hmm. up to her, take pictures with her, sign autographs, and mm-hmm. really it's, it's kind of being able to have someone that, that represents them in a position like she's in. You sat down with her. How inspiring is it to sit down with someone like that, knowing that, you know, you're in this landscape of sports and, mm-hmm. and you want to be, you know, at the top of your game as well? Yeah. Yeah, I remember meeting her and saying, you know, thank you for working so hard to open this door for us. Um, I had never seen a woman in that position before, let alone a woman of color in that position before. Um, And to see her, you know, be team president and and, and have that title and be so involved in our community. And she's from Vegas. She grew up here in Vegas. Um, You know, she's a native here. It's just, it's so inspiring. I hope all the girls in Las Vegas whatever your dream is, you know, you look at her and say, wow, you know, that, that could be me one day, you know, whatever it is that your profession, it is so inspiring to see that. But to look at her resume, I mean, (laughs) she grinded hard to get to where she is. You know, I, I I also want to tell girls, you know, you don't just wake up the next day and become the team president of the Raiders. You know, you really have to grind wherever you are. Um, and it's it's inspiring to see women like her and all the women with the aces in the front office, Nikki Fargus, mm-hmm. um, all these women in, in high positions. That's just like, wow, you know, if they can do it, so can I. So she's always at the aces games. She's always at community events. Um, she's so nice. She's so approachable. Um, and to see a woman of color be uh, an NFL team president and to have such a big role in the NFL 
it's inspiring. So not only Sandra Douglas Morgan, but there's a lot of women here in Las Vegas that I look up to that I'm sure a lot of young girls in our community, um, you know, can see them and, and say, you know, that could be me one day and, and whatever I want to do. So super inspiring. Yeah, well said. Well said right there. I just I had to get your, your thoughts on, on Sandra, and I know you've had an opportunity <laughs> yeah. to talk with her. So uh, thanks so much. Great stuff as always. Yeah. And like I said, we'll be locked in on the Rev Zone on Sunday. Keep up the good work. Y'all, thanks, Q. Talk to you later. All right, have a good one. There she goes. Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports, on Twitter at Paloma Fox 5 News and spending some time with us here on this Wednesday on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now we want to go back. All right, do we have enough time to go back to the Raiders locker room real quick, or do you want me to take a quick break? Quick. All right, he gave me the thumbs up. Look, this is the deal. If Ari says it's okay to do something, I'm going to do it. Nobody wants Ari to be that's upset right. at him, man. Ari, he he may look like a, a dude that you know could be a pushover. It. No, I'm saying <laughs> I'm you look like that dude that you know might be a pushover. But in the hallway, man, this dude he raises holy hell. That's he gets right. all fired up, man. He he ain't got a, a athletic bone in his body, but he raises a, a whole lot of holy fists, hell. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so let's go back to the Raiders locker room real quick and uh, hear from what Mad Max Crosby had to say and really started talking off about you know being back at home, being able to sleep in their own beds and, and, and play at their own practice facility, all that good stuff. How exciting is it going to be for that home opener finally? You've only played the one game in the preseason, and yep. it seems like you've been on the road forever. No question. Yeah, we're excited. Cannot, cannot wait. Um, I know the Raider fans are going to be out full effect. Uh, we can't wait to you know, play in front of us. Fans like since 4 in the morning yesterday, standing outside of store to meet you. What does that yeah. mean to you that you're pretty much their guy? I love it. You know, uh, ever since I got here, um, the fans have been incredible. Um, and, you know, for me, I feel like no matter what position I'm in, um, no matter how people try to perceive me to not have success and things like that, like, I'm never too big for fans, and um, they're the reason why, you know, I'm at where I'm at now. You know, without their support, without their love, you know, I can be in this position. So uh, every time I get a chance to show, you know, show love to fan base, I'm, I'm definitely going to do that. What is the feeling like being back here at your own practice field, getting ready to see the fans, your own home stadium? Like, what, what kind of help has that been for the team to be back here and be a little more settled, if you will? Yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah. great. Um, you know, get back to sleeping in our own beds and, and back to our normal routine. So we're excited. Um, like you said, like I said before, you know, it's a long season. Um, we're one and one. We've won one. We lost one. And uh, we got to find a way to, you know, beat Pittsburgh. So that's our sole focus right now. You obviously face double teams quite a bit yeah. even before the season, but now it seems like, especially the Bills are going to upon you. Just how challenging is that for you? Um, you know, it's, it's it's been a challenge, you know, for years now. Uh, for the last couple of years, you know, it gets, uh, you know, it's it's the ultimate respect. You know, getting chipped, getting slides, things like that. Um, you can get frustrated by it and get irritated, or you can find a way. And for me, that's what it all comes down to. Um, find a way to affect the game no matter what. If it's time two, three, it doesn't matter. Um, i got to find a way to be at my best, and, um, you know, that's that's what I'm seeking every single day. You don't should... play against them one-on-one, but facing TJ's team, another elite player at your position just yeah. like you, what does that mean to you? Um, you know, for me, I'm not, like you said, I'm not playing against him, but I have the ultimate respect for TJ. He's a great player. Um, we, you know, we talk uh, often, and, uh, you know, like I said, I got nothing but respect for him. He's a great player. I know uh, we talked earlier before the season, but now that you played with Spillane a couple of weeks, uh, yeah. what does he bring to the team? What kind of guy is he? He seems like he's just kind of all football. Uh, yeah, you know, he's the same guy every single day. He's a he's a maniac, but I love him. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a Matt guy, Western Michigan. Uh, he's my kind of my kind of people, so I love him. 
There goes Max Crosby in the Raiders locker room just a little while ago. That's sent over courtesy of Vinny Bonsignor. We definitely appreciate him uh, for contributing to the show even when he's not contributing to the show, right? He'll be on the show tomorrow afternoon uh, kind of giving us the latest and the greatest when it comes to all things silver and black. But many thanks for him. You just heard right there from Mad Max Crosby. I did want to hit one text before we take a break. Uh, Dor- uh, Darth Darth Nader 760, I, I guess. <laughs> anyway, he says, hey, Q. What does this move mean by the Raiders moving Chandlers to the non-injury illness list? I can't say I've heard of that roster move before. Hashtag commitment to excellence. Hashtag just win, baby. Well, let's put it like this. It's a non-football-related injury, right? It's a non-football-related illness. Uh, Now he doesn't take up a roster spot. Now there's an open roster spot. And also, when you're on that list, you're also not getting paid by the organization. So that's just a little bit of clarification of what's going on with Chandler Jones. And if you kind of missed it at the top, uh, Ian Rappaport had tweeted out about Chandler Jones and what was going on with him and uh, that the fact that the Raiders weren't uh, or, or put him on the NFI list, uh, the non-football injury list, and so uh, they were going to support him. And uh, they even said that there was a possibility that maybe he can come back. Now, I would you know, kind of find that hard to believe at this stage of the game, but again, you just don't know and none of us know exactly what has gone on with him. Matter of fact, the exact wording from Ian Rappaport were the pass rusher Chandler Jones has been placed on the non-football illness list as he deals with a personal issue. The team has stood behind him, and no one has ruled out a return if his situation improves. So that's kind of the latest and the greatest when it comes to Chandler Jones. But basically, now the roster spot is open and the Raiders aren't paying him, uh, but they're still supporting him and standing by him. And whatever he's got going on, the personal issue, uh, they're looking to hopefully help him get through it. Call number nine is what I'm looking for right now at 702-365-9200. That's 702-365-9200. You want a pair of tickets to Power Trip. You want to go see Guns N' Roses, Iron Maiden, ACDC, Judas Priest, Metallica, and Tool. We got you right now. Again, call number nine, 702-365-9200. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Got to give a big shout out to my guy Ray. Got hooked up with a pair of tickets to go check out Power Trip. It's going to be a hell of a concert going down August, October, excuse me, 6th, 7th, and 8th. Getting tickets to all three days. In those three days, Ray's going to see Guns N' Roses, Iron Maiden, ACDC, Judas Priest, Metallica, and Tool. Fantastic event, fantastic concert series really going on there at the uh, Indio, California at Empire Polo Club, uh, home of Coachella. It's going to be a ton of fun, and Ray's going to be in the building. We've been giving out a lot of tickets to that, so shout-out to everyone who's winning and getting ready to uh, head to head to uh, to the spot, right, to go check out Power Trip. So uh, we got more of that winning on the way. My man Ari's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We call it Studio Q. Of course, Unnecessary Roughness is being brought to you 
by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Shout out to my guy Mordecai and all the fine folks there at the Jewelers of Las Vegas that will take good care of you in a major way. If it's uh, watches you need, they got you. If it's uh, necklaces that you need, they've got you. Rings, uh, if you're Sir Whiskey Ray and you're getting ready to go to another bachelor party, but this time you want to to be the guy with the ring and, and be able to pop the question, well, the Jewelers of Las Vegas, they got you in a major way. And if you buy anything and you need something size, they'll do it right there on the spot. Uh, and it's real easy to get hooked up. So uh, the Jewelers of Las Vegas, they do a fine job winning award after award after award after award. So I'll let you know how good they really are. And they've been around for a very long time. They'll be around for a lot longer. So shout out to my folks, the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Now. Earlier today, uh, we heard from Max Crosby in the Raiders' locker room. We heard from Josh Jacobs in the Raiders' locker room. Uh, Also want to hear from uh, QB1, right? Want to hear from Jimmy Garoppolo, what he's got to say. He was at the podium uh, earlier today, him and Devontae Adams, and uh, had a couple things to say. And first of all, I want to start with just self-inflicted wounds. Uh, The Raiders had a bunch of them on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills, and so here's Jimmy just reflecting back on the self-inflicted wounds that the Raiders suffered. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, not just self. I said it right after the game. A lot of self-inflicted wounds. Just um, things we could correct, though. Thought we had a pretty good day out here uh, doing that, and really it's just about getting guys on the same page, getting us into our rhythm, and uh, things will take care of themselves from there. Jimmy G on those self-inflicted wounds. I hate it when the Raiders are outside at the podium because it sounds like that. <laughs> right, it just it, the the sound is just not as good as it should be. Uh, instead of being inside at the at the podium, but you know, hey, you take the good with the bad, right? So uh, there's Jimmy G talking about the self inflicted wounds that the the Raiders suffered against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, how about playing Sunday night football as they're going to have their season home opener at Allegiant Stadium, primetime action? Uh, here's Jimmy G talking about playing on Sunday night football. It's gonna be fun. Uh, we have Sunday night football music playing out here today. Get you in the, get you in the mood. Yeah, it's. Sunday night football is fun, man. It's going to be a great atmosphere. I can't wait to see the fans. So Raider Nation, hopefully we'll be rocking on Sunday night. Jimmy's never going to have a long explanation on anything. (laughs) And I cannot help but laugh. I'm telling you, I cannot help but laugh that, uh, you know, that it just sounds like he's on a on the one end of a tin can or something or or some old school walkie-talkie or something with hearing that sound. Uh, a couple more quick sound bites from Jimmy Garoppolo. How about the next opponent, the Pittsburgh Steelers? I think a lot of us watched that game on Monday Night Football. Here's Jimmy G reflecting on what he saw on Monday Night Football with the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, got to see him. Uh, damn good defense. I mean, they, they made some plays, put some points up on the board, so – so uh, it's going to be a good challenge for us this week. We got to uh, we got to do our part on offense. So there you go, Jimmy G is talking about the Steelers uh, and their defense, and they do. They they are a defense that's going to go find the ball, right? We saw them score two touchdowns, right? We we've been talking about the Raiders creating turnovers, period, and here we're seeing not only turnovers created but scores. Right, Not only are the Steelers getting the ball, but they're getting in the end zone. So they're putting up points for their offense. They scored more points defensively than they did offensively on, uh, on, on Monday Night Football. So the Raiders have got to be very careful and very protective. Don't play scared, but they've got to be secure with the ball. Uh, the final soundbite I want you to hear from Jimmy G, and of course it's not going to be a very long one, is just about Hunter Renfro. Been talking about him for a, a couple weeks now. Uh, he only has one target through two games. Here's Jimmy G on getting Hunter Renfro more involved. Yeah, I think so. I think there's going to be some opportunities. Uh, really just about getting the ball in space, you know, letting those guys run with it, get some yards after the catch. And Hunter, Hunter's one of the best at that. So he, uh, he's been doing a great job, man. I just got to find him with the ball. 
and that's what it's all about. He's got to get the ball to him. We, we heard from head coach Josh McDaniels on Monday, and I asked him about getting Hunter more involved, and, and if he was disappointed, and he said there was a couple opportunities on Sunday that they could have got him the ball. He's, he's got to be a factor. Like I'm not saying he's got to be force-fed the ball. I'm not saying he's got to come away with 10 catches and lead the team. Not at all. But, I mean, he's third in Renfro for a minute or for a reason, right? He's slot machine for a reason. When, a, when, a, when you need a big catch, when you need a first down, when you need a drive extended, when you need a touchdown in the red zone, Hunter has ways of getting open. Now, he wasn't open all day against Buffalo. Let's not get it twisted. It's not like he was just standing there wide open and Jimmy didn't throw it to him. But there were some opportunities to get on the rock that he didn't do. So I think that you'll see a, a bigger effort, more of an effort. I hope you see more of an effort to get Hunter Renfro involved in the offense. So just a few sound bites right there from Jimmy Garoppolo as he met with the media earlier today at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. Now, we got some Devontae cuts, but I'm a little concerned that they're going to sound the same way, so I'm not going to roll with them, <laughs> right? I'm not going to roll with them because, again, it kind of sounds like, uh, you know, he's in a tin can, but I understand that that's, you know, doing the best that we can to, to provide uh, the sound is, is, like I said, the best we can. So uh, there you go. That's the, that's the sound of Jimmy G. That's all the sound for today. Let's put it like that. Uh, all right, do you want to jump into uh, reason or excuse, or do you want to, or do you want to, uh, do you want to take a quick break? You, you tell me what you want to do. Let's uh, take a quick break. Okay, we'll take a quick we'll break. We'll back. reset. We'll come back with reason or excuses. We get ready to close out the show here on Red Nation Radio nine twenty. It's time for a reason or excuse on unnecessary roughness. And before we jump into reason or excuse, I wanted to hit a couple texts real quick on the don'tbebroke dot com text sign at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. This one's from Sir Whiskey Ray. I think I talked him up. He said, "Good afternoon, gentlemen." My confidence level for our Raiders hasn't changed. Let's be real. We all know we aren't at the same level as Buffalo yet. Heading into week three, we're tied with Kansas City at 1-1, one and, one, and both Denver and the Chargers are winless. I'll take that compared to where we were last season at this time. It's a long season with expected bumps along the way. Come Sunday night, I expect a big win versus them Steelers. Chalk it up, Q. We win by double digits. That is from Sir Whiskey Ray, and I love it. I love the fact that, you know, the confidence level is high. Because there's a lot of Raider Nation that the confidence level is not high, right? I mean, it's just, again, when you win, even a close one, even one that's not that pretty against Denver, you feel like, okay, a win week one, that's awesome. Now what can you do week two? Can you build on that? And then you get blown out. It's almost like a, like take a, a step forward and then take two steps back. At least that's what it feels feels like and looks like on the surface. But, you know, maybe Buffalo is really who they are expected to be. The reason why, to me, it was such an embarrassing loss it's because I don't believe that Buffalo is that team. I don't believe that their window to win a Super Bowl is, is as wide open as a lot of people do. Now, depending on what you believe, maybe you're like, no, Q, that is one of the best teams in the league. And if that's so, cool. Then, then all right, the Raiders lost to one of the best teams in the league. I don't believe that just because it just feels like they, they even going back to last year, they haven't really been on that level. They've been really good, but they haven't been one of those teams that I really believed that they were going to make a deep run. I keep saying – that at least going into the season, I thought the Chiefs were the best team in the, 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 the AFC. I thought the, the Bengals were second. Remember, this is with the healthy Joe Burrow. And I thought the, the Bills were third, but a distance third. I didn't think that they were close to the top two teams. Now, as you see it play out right now, <laughs> on uh, September 20th, one would say that the Dolphins are probably the best in the conference right now. You could say that the, maybe the Ravens are up there as well, as they're sitting there at 2-0. and the Bengals haven't won a game, and they have an injury to Joe Burrow. The Chiefs are 1-1, one and, one and their offense hasn't started clicking yet. The Buffalo Bills just blew out the Raiders, so maybe they are. You know what I mean? Like, that's the crazy thing. Going into the, 
the season, I felt one way. And now what we've seen through two weeks, you can make the argument that, yeah, what you thought was not, not correct. And I, and I can say the same thing for the Raiders. I felt like the defense was going to be better, even though I cautioned many times that I think that the offense was going to have to carry the load for a little while and give them time to gel and, and, and you know, come together. And then they helped win that game on, on uh, Sunday against the Broncos, and I thought, okay, maybe it's coming together a little bit quicker than, than we expected. And then all of a sudden you see a 38-10 to 10 blowout loss, and then you're like, well, maybe not. So, you know, it's, it's so funny and strange how the season could go so quickly, and that could change, and it could make you, you know, start second-guessing yourself. It's wild. But thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. One quick text from Mark in Jersey. My confidence level is a three right now, as I'm not sold on the staff. Prove me wrong. As for J.J., he will have a better game this week due to the Steelers' run defense being not very good. That's Mark in Jersey. Thanks so much for that. I do appreciate you. That was pretty self-explanatory. So, Ari, got the music playing. I hear it. Got the beat bumping. You're jamming. You're on the wheels of steel. You're making it do what it do. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead and take over, man. Reason or excuse. Go ahead and take us home the right way. All right, let's go. Uh, Dan Patrick, after the other night, uh, Nick Chubb's unfortunate injury. He says he would have shown the Nick Chubb injury replay at least once. He said, quote, I wouldn't have I would have shown it once because you're carrying the game and I think you owe it to the audience and you give a disclaimer. I might be in the minority here, but if I was running the show, I would say let's show it once. They owe it to the audience, reason or excuse. Um, no, I'm not too sure where he's coming from on that point of view. I mean, it's easy to find the replay if you want to see it, right? I, I just think that it's it's an ugly injury, and I'm not a big fan of seeing those ugly injuries either. Like I, I'm not a big fan of seeing the ones that I mean I'm real bad, like the dislocated ankles and stuff like that, and ones where sometimes like the bone will come out of the skin or whatever. You don't need and, to see that. Right? Yeah, exactly. I'm good with that, right? I, I don't I don't need to see all that, but I mean I guess I understand what he's saying because there's some people that'll be at, at home and saying I didn't see it. I didn't. Well, let me see the replay. Let me see the replay. Well, I just say go ahead and Google it, right? It's kind of like it's kind of like some things that go on, and sometimes there's there's stories that we talk about, but we don't really go into details because they're pretty gruesome. And I say, hey, if you want the details of it, you can go just Google it, Google so and so, so and so, and then you can find the answers that you're looking for. But I don't want to really go there. Similar to what's going on in Chicago right now with the Bears and their defensive coordinator who stepped down with some, and I say in air quotes, personal issues after his house was raided. Yeah, exactly. That's a detail I did not catch in the Yes, story. when your house is raided, there's only a couple reasons why. And believe me, they don't think that he shot Tupac. So <laughs> it was it, – it, it, I mean, the, again, I'm not going to go into details. If you want to know about it, just Google Bears defensive coordinator house raided and just check out all the stories behind it and what they could be possibly looking for, and you'll understand, understand why he stepped down today. So there's that. Also, and I don't know if this is Dan Patrick's MO at all. I could be totally wrong. But as someone, it, it feels like they owe it to the betting, sports betting and fantasy football audience is really who you're talking They're the ones that want to know, oh, well, how gruesome so they can just, you know, I oh, feel yeah, like you I don't really. Be, yeah. That's that's how I took it, but I, I don't know if that's who he's speaking to. Then but. again, look, he was a Sports Center guy, so maybe you know highlights and replays is what he likes. I, I guess. But you yeah, know what I mean? Guess, like, uh, I was a Sports Center guy watching it, not being that guy, right? So, yeah, yeah I, I don't need to see it. But then again, I don't need to see hard knocks. You know, people say, "Why not? You love football. Why don't you like hard knocks?" I don't need to see everything. Yeah. I don't need to see guys getting cut. I don't need to see all the you know behind the scenes stuff. I, I'll trust you. Yep. <laughs> right? I'm good. 
Here's something I want to see is uh, in an article on ESPN, it says that the uh, the article says, quote, the biggest hole in the game plan for the Panthers is their inability to use the QB sneak in third and short because of Bryce Young's 5'10", 204-pound frame. The Panthers cannot use the quarterback sneak because Young, as I said, 5'10", uh, 204 pounds, just isn't big enough to make that work. Reason or excuse? No, that's an excuse. The reason why they can't use the quarterback sneak, their offensive line stinks. Their offensive line is horrible. Their offensive line was terrible in, in preseason, and it's translated into the regular season. Now, he's not the biggest dude, and it's funny. Uh, I, I saw someone tweet that out, uh, exactly what you just said, but they said that um, that uh, uh, Dan Graziano from ESPN is actually the one who said that. And I saw Dan Graziano come back on Twitter and said, I never wrote or said any of that. So I don't know, I don't know where this person got their information from or if they just fabricated it. I don't think that the lack of size is the reason why they can't they can't quarterback sneak. They can't do a lot of things because one, their team's not very good outside of the defense, and two, their offensive line stinks and can't protect young Bryce, uh, Bryce Young. So he's got a lot of work to do to be uh, that guy and live up to the number one overall pick. I'll say right now, we had John McClain on the show yesterday. I said it so many times. You have three quarterbacks drafted in the top five: Young, Stroud, and Richardson. All three of those guys aren't going to be good. I said that that was a fact. All three are not going to turn out to be good. So who's going to step their game up and be the best? So far, I would say Richardson and Stroud are probably played the best, and Bryce Young has just been okay, even though Bryce Young was the number one overall pick and the guy that I thought was going to be the better pro out of all of them. We'll see how it all shakes out. It's only a couple weeks into the season, but all three of them, I guarantee will not be good. So go ahead, Ari. What else you got? And just to finish off, Russell Wilson's 5'11", Doug Flutie's 5'10". I mean, I don't know how well they how great they are at QB sneaks, but that just seems like Well, Wilson's a little bit thicker, right? Wilson's a little thicker. I know he lost some weight, but he, he's a little bit – his base is a little bit more, so I feel like he can get down in there and, and quarterback sneak. But a lot of these guys don't like to do that anyway, right? I mean, a lot of these guys don't want to do a quarterback sneak because they don't want to get hurt. And, you know, for some of them, I don't blame them. But sure. – it is what it is. I think Bryce. I think Bryce Young will be okay. He's just got to continue to grind. And oh, by the way, he needs some protection. Yep. He needs what uh, Marcus Spears <laughs> called on ESPN today. You need some better security. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, and finally, sticking with quarterbacks. I said a while ago, Justin Fields. Everyone was like hyping him up. He's going to have this crazy breakout season. Now, in his third season with the Bears, he's characterized his play in a, in a post uh, in a practice press conference. He said his week two loss. His play was, quote, robotic and added that he was not playing like himself. Quote, you know, could be coaching, I think. They are doing their job when they're giving me what to look at. But at the end of the day, I can't be thinking about that when the game comes. Field said that, like I said, at the presser. Yep. Um, and not to you. You always say what? Don't think. Do. Because yep. think it slows you down. So Exactly. And in week one, he had an interception with sack four times. And this past Sunday, Fields threw two interceptions with sack six times. So, Fields, like I said, big breakout season coming up. He's struggling pretty bad because of poor coaching and them not allowing him to play freely. Reason or excuse? As no, I think fades. that's just an excuse. I think Justin Fields just isn't playing very good. And I think that he is thinking, right? I, I don't think that it's necessarily the coaches are giving him too much. I just think that he's heard all along how, how much better he's supposed to be this year. And they put weapons around him. And, you know, they go out and they make the move for DJ Moore. He hasn't done a whole lot of anything. Right, the run game hasn't done a whole lot of anything. The Bears were hyped up, and I knew they were overhyped from the jump. Um, Justin Fields might not be that good, just to be honest. Let's just call a spade a spade. He might not be very good. Nobody really knows. 
right? Ohio State quarterbacks, of course, there's been a history of guys that have not made it. So I, I, I think, and this is just me, you know, thinking out loud, not to mention they've got such a disaster going on in Chicago right now. Think about this. You want to talk about reasons. Left tackle is out. He's on IR. He's going to miss at least four games. He has a neck injury. Their right tackle, Darnell White, they're talking about moving him from right to left because, well, he's the best one left. So then that leaves a hole at the right tackle position. I just mentioned their defensive coordinator. He resigned because his house got raided. There was reports that uh, Hallis Hall, the, the practice facility of the Bears, got raided too. But Courtney Cronin from ESPN, she has reported that that is false. That did not happen. But he resigned because his house gets raided. And now Justin Fields, not only did he talk to the media and talk about he was thinking too much and the fact that you know it could have been coaches, then he had to double down and re uh, meet with the media in the locker room following because he saw too many things online saying he just blamed the coaches for his struggles. So he had to go out there and, uh, you know, kind of clarify what he meant by that. And, oh, by the way, they're playing Kansas City this upcoming week. So I was just yeah. going to say that. So you know what to do with that information. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> good luck on that. I mean, they are in a, in a, in a world of hurt right now uh, there in Chicago. So I think what's going to end up happening is that they're going to draft a young quarterback next year. They have two first-round picks. They have theirs, and they have the Carolina Panthers. So they have the ammunition to move up if they need to. But if they keep winning at the rate that they're winning at, by the way, they haven't won a game yet, they're going to be right up there at the top anyway, and they'll be able to have their choice of the litter when it comes to the quarterbacks coming out in the draft. So thank you so much for that uh, reason or excuse. All right, let's go out to the phone lines real quick, talk to our good friend Raider Dave in Denver. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, guys, quickly, I think that after looking at some film, the Raiders are in real trouble if they can't get their offensive line to control the gaps a lot better. You know, Andre James ended up getting blown up as he, you know, early in and went on the screen pass that was an interception. He only gave the guy an elbow instead of a real chip. So they're trying to get to their spot out there a little bit too quick. You know, Jimmy's got to go ahead and look further down the field. There was stuff that was open, and so hopefully they're working on that this week. You know, at some point, you just have to throw from a run set. You got to run from a from a spread, you know, throwing set. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's too early in the season for them to have all that worked out in the playbook. I'm not sure. You got any thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And yeah, the look, the offensive line's got to do a better job. Uh, you know, they haven't given up a sack yet, but you know, Jimmy has had a little bit of pressure in his face. Uh, but they haven't been able to open up any any run blocking holes. We heard from Josh Jacobs earlier in the game or, in, or earlier in the show that. You know, the chemistry is not there yet with the offensive line, so he's got to get in sync with them. But at the end of the day, man, it's all got to be better. And games are ones and lost in the trenches. I thought that that was going to be a huge key to last week's game against Buffalo, and I think it was. I think the Buffalo Bills were better offensively in the trenches and defensively in the trenches. So the Raiders have got to shore that up. They've got to get a lot better. They're going to need that run game this week against the Steelers who struggle to stop the run. So, yeah, I do think that they're just not quite on the same page. And, and look, a lot of these teams aren't going to be because we know how much the value of the preseason is. It's not there. So they're treating the first three weeks, first four weeks of the season as the preseason, and that's unfortunate for the consumer. And, hell, it's unfortunate for the team because if you don't get off to a good start, you might, you know, sit there and be like the, the, the Bengals that are 0-2 or the Chargers who are 0-2 and the Broncos who are 0-2 and, you know, a couple more weeks of, of losing, you might look up and wonder what the hell's going on. Or Minnesota, 0-2, right? They, if they turn up like 0-4, they might be thinking about moving on from Kirk Cousins for all we know. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's, they, they still got a, a ways to go, man, to get, to get on the same page as far as I'm concerned. But thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. And Ari. I hear the music, so that means that we don't have that much time left in the show. 
Uh, what's the national day of the day? Tell me, it better be a good one, not no worthless one. We're going to extend the whole show just so, no. <laughs> it is National Pepperoni Pizza Day. Oh, okay, that's solid. Oh, that's yes. solid. That's solid. So nothing else in the world but this one somehow. No, pepperoni is solid. With pepperoni pizza is solid. Everyone but you likes pepperoni pizza. That's right. So there you the go. The most popular pizza ever created, enjoyed by young and old alike. I'll yeah, be that old. That's <laughs> fine. Hey, look. I like to go to Pizza Rock or Grimaldi's and get me a pepperoni pizza. That thing is good, man, especially on a Sunday night following a football game. Get me a little uh, margarita action to go along with it. Yeah, man, I'm good. There you go. Just pepperoni pizza boy. day. I'm cool. I got it. Yeah, you can keep that cheese pizza. Yeah, yeah. I'm putting <laughs> some meat on mine. Pepperoni for me. That's Radio Nation Radio 920. Have a good one. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.